listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, I'm so excited because on Walk It Out today, we're going to be talking about walking in a different way. We're going to be talking about wandering. And the cool thing is that as I read this book, For All Who Wander, I realized more and more that wander is often part of the walk. I would say it was true for most of us. So I'm super excited to talk to my friend Robin today. Let me tell you a little bit about her. A former marketing and PR professional, Robin Dance now encourages others in life and faith as a writer, speaker, and small group leader. She's a founding contributor to Encourage, that's I-N, Courage, Day Springs Online Community for Women, and has advocated for children in poverty as a Compassion International blogger. Robin believes in listening well, laughter, and generosity. And she said there might not be a sweeter ministry than a warm delivery of sourdough bread. So, Robin, I will give you my address when we're done with this podcast. <laughs> oh, we can make sure that happens. <laughs> yeah. So but, but, she's. As I'm in Arkansas. I'm in yeah, Arkansas. I, I, well, I know where you are. As long as I'm not quarantined for 14 days, I'm good to go. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just add that she lives in Georgia um, with her husband, and she's a mom to a daughter and two sons. So welcome, friend. I am so happy to be chatting with you this afternoon. Thank you. That was so official. My bio. I know. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I was trying to think. Like, I seem like I've known you online forever. Like, I, know. I don't know. Like, way it, back in the early 2000s or like yeah. I don't know yeah but we've never actually been at the same place at the same time to no. my knowledge but it feels like it yeah I in fact I'm like we're, we're, I was wondering if you were maybe at one of the um conferences and I was trying to see photos I couldn't find any so I don't think we've actually met but I feel like no. we have because mm-hmm. I don't know we've connected online a lot that is for our future, a must yes. for our future. Yes, please. On my bucket list. All right. So when you come to Arkansas, if you do anything with Dayspring, um, I'm a couple hours away. Okay. So, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I'm going to hold you to it. Okay. That'll be fun. So your book, well, two. There's two books, actually. Um, yeah. There is For All Who Wander. And then the um, journey guide, which I love too. And the um, subtitle is Why Knowing God is Better Than Knowing It All. And okay, I just tell you, I love the storytelling nature of the book. Um, oh. How you like just go through your life. And it's sort of like a memoir, spiritual memoir, but it's like when you're little and this and that. And because like even like the county fair thing or getting lost with your GPS. Even though they weren't exactly the things that I've dealt with, I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know, just the storytelling part of it was so inviting. Like, I just felt like we were over sharing stories over coffee. So I really love that. But I would just love to hear the story of, like, um, how you came to write this book. Well, it's a funny story. Um, I am, well, for your listeners who don't know, I'm a longtime blogger, never was one of those people who has always known I wanted to write a book. I I started writing because I had the time and space. My kids were in school. We were living in a new city. Um, You know how that goes. It's you can only tell yourself 
your life with so much volunteerism and toting your kids around. Anyway, longtime blogger, um, wasn't looking for this, but finally decided I started writing a book. And then I was approached about writing this book. Mm-hmm. And so it was an invitation from um, from Encourage, the community you mentioned in my intro, and Dayspring and Lifeway, um, B&H Publishing. We had a felt need for the Encourage online community to speak to the women and the stories we hear from them. And, and they just asked me, would you be interested in writing this for us? And when I read a one sheet on it and saw what we were looking for, I felt like God was knocking on my heart. I could not say no to this because I said, that is my story. I cannot mm. imagine anyone else writing this book. And you know how these things turn out. It, it took a took a shift. It took a little bit of a turn um, from where we started, but I really was seeking the Lord in it. And I know that, and, and gosh, when we look at, you know, this was over two years ago when, when this process started. And when I look at the world today, and this book yeah. was released in 2020, and look at 20. 20. God knew that people would be questioning their faith. They knew he knew that we would be asking questions. This climate invites that. And this book is for really for anyone who has struggled with doubt and that can look a lot of different ways. Um, not there's not just one way. There's no corner on doubt. My walk is not the only way that you walk this out. But for me, it was such a confirmation, right? That this was the book that I was supposed to write. Why I was supposed to write it for such a time as this. Yeah, I was just looking at the press materials that they sent me, and it was published in January. And I'm like, this is before anyone knew what 2020 yeah. would be like. Yeah. When God knew, like I love that so much that God knew when they came up with the idea, when they approached you, when you worked with you know the publisher, and I mean just the whole process. Like God knew how people would need this, and I would say, like I even posted a prayer today. Um, you know, praying for those that have so many questions and are wanting mm. what to do about school choices, about church attendance, about things that we had thought we had figured out. So like right. our questions and our wondering and wandering is like nothing that we even anticipated. Like all the things we figured like, okay, we know the school choices we're going to do. Of course, we're going to go to church, you know, all these things. <laughs> and now yeah. even those things, and it does, I mean, it is a hard time of wandering, I think for so many, because we aren't in community like before. I mean, it just, God knew this book was needed during this time. You know, and, and for me personally, I mean, I'm struggling with everyone else out there, right? With with the choices mm-hmm. that used to be non-choices. There were things we didn't have to think about. And so it's it's a little, I mean, ironic probably is not the right word, but there's a little, you know, I, I have to smile at the irony of this book is preaching to me right now. I know, I need, it's so true. I need to be reminded of the things that I found um to be true about the Lord just as much as any reader. And so it's a great encouragement back to me. And sometimes I'm like, I wrote that, you know, so not, it's not about me. I know that I was following the Lord and the writing of it. So it's exciting if it resonates with anyone. Gosh, what a, what a joy to get to be part of anyone's faith walk, you know, as in, in terms of encouragement. Oh, absolutely. And I think that is the cool thing um, as writers, when we're thinking of the reader out there, then we're like, Oh wait, (laughs) Wait, this is so much for me mm-hmm. in this time. And then even going back and like, oh, yeah, I wrote that. Okay, I needed that today. So I just love that. Um, so I would just love to hear a little bit just about your journey, because I think there is, uh, I grew up in church, but I, my mom didn't become a Christian until I was in second grade. So a lot of it was like, she was new Christian. So, you know, like she's trying to figure it out as we're trying to figure it out. But there does have to be the times where we accept faith on our own. But then there's hard seasons where it's like, is this really true? I mean, all those things. I would just love for you to share a little bit just about your journey. 
For me, I am a uh, lifelong Southerner, right? I have lived in the buckle, buckle of the Bible Belt my entire life. So I've moved around a little, but it's it's primarily in the Southeast. So my culture has been church. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there, there's a lot of cultural Christianity um, that exists. and But I would say that I was a believer. You know, I professed belief as a child, was baptized as a child, Um my mother was a Christian. My father was not. She died. And, and you, you learn about this mm-hmm, in the book, mm-hmm. you know, when I was, when I was fairly young, when I was nine. And so, but it was her, oh, she was a fierce woman and, and someone to be reckoned with. And she uh, made my dad promise that he would keep us in church following her death. And she found a place for us to be in church um, following that. And he was, he honored that promise. And so I grew up as a church girl, right? As a Southern church girl, I could have uh, told you all the right Sunday school ans- answers through adulthood. And and that, yeah. you know, that goes on through your life. You know, I get, get to college, you have to kind of find who you are yourself. But even then, that was how I identified. Um, even as a young parent, that's how I identified. It was not until this midlife um I had a shift in life. I moved from one place to another, uh, brought my kids with me. And it was during this really a a 10 year period of time where I began to struggle. And Mm -hmm. so this lifelong church girl who looked like, you know, whatever you can say for a poster girl as a Christian, you know, whatever that might look idea that might conjure to a listener. That's who I was. I was uh, led Bible studies, part of Bible studies. I was a nursery director and worked at uh, a parent's morning out for 10 years in a church, right? And then I hit my struggle. Mm-hmm. So for some people, it, there can be some strong catalyst that that knocks you off center, that knocks you off of your faith. Maybe there is an illness or something tragic happens in the life of someone close to you or even your own life. You know, there can be those those huge life events that spin you out of control in half a second. But for me, it was this very gradual thing of maybe this cultural Christianity, maybe me assuming the faith of those around me um, and, and, and assuming that was my own faith as well. And it was, it was in that place that I began to ask questions and began to doubt God altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it was not, a, it was not a, a, a quick thing for me. It was a slow fade. And I was in it neck deep before I realized I was even in it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I love, though, what you said. Um, one of the quotes I wrote down. I wrote down so many quotes. <laughs> okay. I love it. Oh, wow. This is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. One of the things you said is your questions and doubts could be the very thing God is using to draw you into a deeper relationship with him and I think like as church people growing up we're like we're not supposed to question we're not supposed to have doubts but I love how you said like it is the thing that God could be using to draw you closer well exactly and so the short answer to that is I know that I was one again I'm a recovering people pleaser you you read about that if you do read the book but just to let you know and so in that I carried shame mm-hmm. I carried a lot of embarrassment um, and just that guilt from being a doubter in the church. And what does scripture tell us? It tells us that there is no shame or condemnation for those who are in Christ. And yet I was, I was so weighted down by all of that, that I couldn't see beyond it. And I couldn't see that that was not of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so, um, 
there's such a freedom in recognizing that we can, it's not either or, it is not either or. We think that if we believe we cannot have doubt and if we doubt, then we are ashamed or we feel guilty or we feel like we're mired in sin or that we're a sinner and that's why we have this doubt and it can be something else altogether. So for me, it was the quote you shared was revolutionary in that when I began to see, oh my goodness, what if this doubt, this thing that I carried a shame was in fact a vehicle toward the Lord and toward a strength in faith. Game changer for me. Absolute game changer for me. Yeah. So what were some of the things like the doubts that were running through your mind? Because I know like I went through a really hard season after we adopted these girls and I'm like, I just like, okay, God, if you are really there and you really love me, like, how can, how can you know this is going to happen? And that it would be so hard. Like, this is not making sense yeah. to me when like, I'm trying to follow you. I mean, those were like my things. I'm like, if you knew this was coming and you knew I'd be on my floor crying every day for a long time, like, is, is that okay with you that I go through this? And so those were like a lot of things I was struggling with. What are some of the doubts that were in your mind? There was an escalation of doubt for me. So it started small. Uh, you know, I, I, it's that wrestle. It's that teeter-totter, the back and forth, the up and down of the faith. And it, it was progressively getting down for me, spiraling down into um, unbelief. But uh, how could God be good in the face of the things that we see in our world? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you can look at the big picture experiences, not just those personal things that you were dealing with following your adoption. But when you look at poverty, Mm-hmm. Um, at systemic injustice, at the things that I could not reconcile um, within my own mind, it begins. You begin to question, God, you know, a good God could allow those sorts of things. And then for me, it escalated into, well, is God even? Does He even exist altogether? Mm-hmm. That was in the darkest place when I, as I, you know, and just I, I envisioned me spiraling down when I got to that place of even questioning his existence. Um, it was pretty dark when you get there. And it was the kind of thing I was not having this conversation with anyone. I did not feel like I could reveal it to anyone. I'm a parent raising my kid who happened to be in Christians, well, three kids who happened to be in Christian school at the time. And I was active in a church. I was I was still, I was a believer slash unbeliever at the same time. And I think that's wholly possible because we see a cry of a father in scripture who says to Jesus, to his face, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So I think that tension can exist. And, And I think it's necessary for us to give permission to people in the faith to wrestle with that tension. I think it's healthy because I know for me, I can only testify to what God has done in my life. And that is that he used it to strengthen me. So even this person, this you know, woman sitting here talking to you who doubted God's existence can testify that he used that doubt to bring me into a closer relationship with him, something I had never even considered mm. before. Um, and it really stemmed from a, a sermon that a pastor preached. I was still going to church and all this. You know, I was still praying. You know, it wasn't, again, I go back to it wasn't an either or, or thing for me, but it was pretty dark and it was real. And I was at the point of walking away from faith. I felt like it was a better choice for raising a family and a life, but was I going to continue to profess what I didn't actually believe? Mm, wow. So, yeah. yeah. And God stepped in. That's when he stepped in for me. So you talk about going from the place of guilt and shame to realizing like, wait, maybe God has a good plan on this. And you mentioned a sermon. So I'd love to hear like that moment because 
um, there are those moments where the right words at the right time just stir something. In. So what was it in that sermon that really stirred something in you? Okay, so there are two things that I could speak to in, in, in answer to that question. The first was this particular sermon, and it was actually one that came early in, my, in, in the struggle for me. Um, but it was very much a lifeline for me through the years and even to this day. And it was um, my pastor said, look, your questions and your doubts do not invalidate your salvation. It doesn't mean you aren't a believer. I mean, ju- you know, the bells and the whistles were just jinging and janging when, when he said this. And I'm like, this sermon isn't for anyone else in this room. And it was a pretty large congregation. This sermon is for me. And it was like, everyone else went black. Um, do you, did you see La La Land by any chance? No, I haven't. Nuh-uh. Okay. There's a scene at the end where Emma, there's, there's a, where she sings a song and everything else fades except to her face. And it's just her singing this story. And so that's what it was like for me when my pastor was preaching and I was hearing it, I received this as something specifically for me. And that's why to this day, it's still so profound. And him, saying that was beginning to lift some of the shame that I was already assuming, mm. some that I was already absorbing into my heart. Um, and it would be something I would return to for years in, t- in, this, in this particular struggle. Um, for someone to say, to give me permission to let those questions and doubts be evidence of a faith as opposed to evidence against a faith. Right, because you wouldn't even have questions if you didn't even care. Like, if it was just like, you've already signed off, you wouldn't even have questions. And that, you know, even so for your listener who is struggling in her faith right now, or, or maybe it's not the listener, maybe it's uh, the child of a listener Mm -hmm. or a friend, Mm -hmm. a close friend, you know, we walk this out together, hopefully, and you're lucky if you know it, if if that person is brave enough to come to you and let you know that they're struggling in their doubt. Don't be, fe- I mean, don't fear that. It's really something you should welcome because you get to walk this out with them. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to believe for them. You get to pray for them and point them to Jesus. And that is a privileged position. So it is, help that person reframe those doubts as, as an anchor, uh, connecting them to the Lord, not as just this, this great chasm between them, um, mm-hmm. them and the Lord. So um, the other thing is what you asked uh, to answer your question is there was this moment as I, you know, I was not going to BS with God, right? He knew the state of my heart. And I believe that if he was who uh, he says he is in scripture, that he knew my thoughts anyway, right? So my unbelief was not a surprise to him. The state of my mind and heart was, did not catch him off guard. He wasn't threatened by it. And so at this point where I am, in my kitchen and I am at a table and I would pray. I would say, God, I don't believe that you're real. I'm going to go through this exercise of praying. You tell me to seek you. I'm trying to seek you. I don't believe you, you know, show up. And so I was really that blind and that silly. And it was that, um, that elementary, um, again, lifelong church goer praying yeah. these kind of prayers, but they were, they were gut level honest. And he gave me a vision and I'm not one who is prone to dreams or visions. I'm not, I don't, you know, I, that has not been my experience, but in that moment where I profess this great unbelief implanted in my heart and mind was a vision of, of, of me. And this makes me emotional to talk about it, Mm. but sliding to the end of a physical rope and it's knotted and you're holding on at the end and you're just so tired and weary that you open your hand to let go because you are done with the game. You do not want to play church anymore. You do not want to pretend a spirituality that is not your own. 
and you're just done. You let go. And it is as if this hand reached down and grabbed my wrist and it was all him. And in an instance, I saw this picture of God's faithfulness, despite my faithlessness and all those scriptures that you read or that that we talk about that, you know, it's not about you. I realized it wasn't about me. It was this great kindness and grace Mm. that I did not deserve that was offered to me by a kind and loving God. And, and that was the point of return for me when I got to see this picture of who he was to me and who I was to him, someone worth saving, someone who my salvation wasn't, I wasn't dependent on, you know, anything within me, it was all him. And from that point forward, I began walking out. Um, So I think it's important to know that for some people, these things come in an instant, both the wandering away, but also the coming back to. Mm -hmm. But for some of us, it's a slow thing, and that's okay. Our walks are unique. And I think God, well, I know God uses each of our life experiences for our good and His great glory and for the kingdom's sake. And I get to do that now. This This is what I get to do with my story now. I get to tell it. I love it. And one of the things you said um, is God is for us in our wandering. He's working all things together for good. And that for us, I bolded that on my notes. And it is, and I think so many times when we do have questions or one, you know, wandering or doubts or just like frustration, like, how could this happen? You're supposed to be a loving God, you know, all those things to remember that he's for us. It's not like he's like, get over yourself or seriously like you're questioning me right now or right. you know even when i was when i would go back to the you know my definitely teen years where i was not walking with him at all just mm. like understanding like he was still for me then he was compassionate he was you know crying tears cuz he saw the pain i was going through and i think so many times we think that just because we're oppositional, that he's oppositional, like, fine, if you don't want to believe in me, right. but no, he is for us. And I love that when you are just ready to let go, he's like, uh-uh, I mean, just grasping, like, I have you here. Which is, it's a great, I mean, that visual, I can still see it as I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I get to carry that with me. I hope I never forget. I, I really, and I don't think I will because of, it, it made such, it was like a branding on my heart, my soul, my spirit, my mind. I, you know, I don't know how that works, but it was that concrete of a thing. And don't we need those things? God? Yeah. And, you know, for me, and maybe this will be a comfort to anyone who's struggling is not understanding God to me is evidence of his existence. And I know oh, does yeah. that sound crazy. You know, it's like if we could explain him away, if we could fully understand him, why would we need him? It would be so human. And it is our tendency to assign human qualities. You know, you said, you know, because we're oppositional, we imagine that he might be. Don't we do that all the time? We assign maybe our weakest qualities to a God who knows no weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the, and see, I'm telling you, I wrote down so many quotes from this book. Another quote you said is, you don't know what you don't know. And there's absolutely no shame in that. Because I think, you know, the more we get into the Bible, we're like, oh, I thought I knew. <laughs> I don't have a clue. And I love that you don't know what you don't know. And there's no shame. Like we can never know it all. Um, I mean, you know, all these scholars and they know this part and that part, but no one can ever know it all. So why do we think we need to know it all and have it all figured out? I, you know, why do I think, is that just the enemy in us? Is that our Mm -hmm. tendency to try to resurrect our own lives? I don't know, but our pride, you know, it is, Mm -hmm. oh, pride is 
the, the older I get, the more I realize it just keeps hiding itself within me. And so I want God to flesh. Well, I, I'm very careful when I say I want God to flesh it out. Because, <laughs> boy, that hurts. I, I prayed once, search me, oh God, and know my heart. Like oh. if there's anything, because I thought I was doing good. <laughs> and then I prayed that and the next day my whole life blew up. So I'm like, okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I do not yeah. want to pray that anymore. It, it is. Um, it, I am wary of what I pray. Like I, I was never brave enough as when I was a young mom to pray for patience because, yeah. oh boy, I already, I, I was scared what that might look like. And there, there are plenty of prayers like that. But yeah, I think um, God must have a sense of humor with us. And, and I think one of my favorite attributes of God is that he is long suffering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He has to to deal with us. (laughs) Absolutely. We are hard-headed fools sometimes. Well, I can't speak for you. I will speak for myself. No, yeah, me too. We were, um, when we were doing the grumble for a year with my kids, we were reading through all of, you know, Exodus and the Israelite wandering. I mean, it's just, and the kids are like, why won't they stop complaining? And I'm like, this is us. And they're like, you're right. All the kids are like nodding, like, this is us. Because, yeah, it's, it's so much us. Yes, I can't look in scripture at any like we get we get the benefit of hindsight. We get the mm-hmm. benefit of knowing the end of the story when it or what is revealed in scripture. And like I am not brave enough, near brave enough to point a finger at the Israelites or anyone else because doggone it, three are pointing back at me. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Well, you not, you mentioned um so you mentioned two sermons. Was it you talked about the first one? Was there another part that? No, the, the other part was that vision that God. Oh, the gave vision. Me. Okay, yeah, it wasn't, good. It wasn't okay. just the months. Yeah, I'm sorry if I sounded like no. that's what I meant. No, that's good. I just want to make sure that we were wrapping it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wasn't missing something. Oh, uh, there are pr- plenty of sermons in there, I'm sure, but that was uh, that was only speaking about one. Yeah, that is so cool. Okay, another thing that I love. Um, you said when we're paying attention to our pain, we're not paying attention to God. And that was like so good because we do get in those points where like this is hard and why is this going on? Or even it might not be us, like someone we love is going through a hard time. And I have to remind myself over and over, like, look to God. Where is God? How can we turn to God in this time? So um, I would just love just encouragement around that. You know, pain, um, pain does demand attention. Mm-hmm. And pain is telling us something, right? And so I think we, you know, and I say this in the book, and in, this is just one of my mantras, that uh, we have an enemy who is only and always against us. And so I imagine him taking our pain or, or, or inflicting pain any way he knows how, because it will we'll look at that pain and we'll take our eyes off of God often. But if we look at that pain, possibly as a reason to cry out to God mm-hmm. um, and get our focus off of ourselves, off of that pain and back on Jesus. He knows that pain. He is so well acquainted with our suffering. He is a man of sorrows. He understands from the inside out. He experienced loss. He experienced physical harm. He experienced a separation from God for a time. You know, mm-hmm. there's just, there are things that our Lord knows. And so Pain can either be our greatest enemy or it can be an ally for us as a catalyst to more deeply rely on God. And so um, I don't want to look at my pain as an end all. You know, I know that um, when I do, when I have, when I have been so miserable and so absorbed by the things, the people who've hurt me, both inside the church and and Mm -hmm. just in life, I'm not looking at God, right? 
And so how can I be healed by him? How can I be, if I'm not beholding, how can I know how he sees me or what he can do in the midst of that? I can't, I have to be looking at him to make sense of it or to, um, to not let the pain be the end of my focus you know, I have to look at him. And, and I do like, I always, one of my favorite stories in scripture is Peter walking on the water to Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, because, um, when he was watching him, he was all good. You know, he was walking on water. The storm didn't matter. And yet when he took his eyes off of Christ for just a second, he sank. And so I look at that, you know, what that wasn't necessarily related to a pain, but it was related to taking your eyes off of Jesus. And so um, pain is one of those best influences that cause us to do that. And I just, you know, I have to believe that it's Satan's joystick (laughs) to um, to hurt us. Because, you know, if it takes our eyes off of um, off of God, even for a second, then he has us. He has us in that moment. I don't want to give him any more ammunition than he's already got any more yep. help than he already has. Yeah. It also made me think of um, Martha and Mary after Lazarus's death. Yeah. Um, they were upset. You know, Martha went to Jesus, Mary, like she's not even going to go deal with it <laughs> until he came to her. But both of them like, why weren't you here? Mm-hmm. And he wasn't like saying, why are you asking me questions? Don't you know who I am? He wept with them. Like he yeah. wept with them, even though he knew what was coming next. Like he was with them and he wept with them and he allowed them to question him and didn't seem offended. He was compassionate for them. And I think that is such a beautiful example. And like Peter too, it's like, all right, you know, it's not like Jesus scolded him or, you know, or whatever. Like yeah. you can't be, can't be my disciple anymore. But, um, how, you know, you, so you were, good. that reminds me of just a throwback back to Isaiah, um, in Isaiah, I think 46. And it's where um, God says at a point, I declare from the beginning how it will end and uh, foretell from the start what Mm -hmm. has happened. I decree that my purpose, my purpose, God's purpose will stand and I will fulfill my every plan. And we don't always, you know, there it's that um, analogy of looking at a a tapestry from the front or from the Mm -hmm. back, from the front, you see this beautiful picture of a well-ordered scene, but the back is just a mess. Getting there is a mess. And so when I look at my faith like that, it's a really helpful picture to imagine that God um, sees that beautiful finished tapestry and we're just working it out on the back. And God had a plan all along. There's some things that we don't have to get. We don't have to understand to believe them to be true. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I think we have to get to that point where we're willing to do that. And it's that, you know, I talk a lot or, or not, maybe not a lot, but I speak to dying to self in the book because we have a great survival instinct. Think about your survival instinct in life and then think about how much more difficult it is in the spiritual sense because we can't get our hands around that. We can mm-hmm. get a, our hands around a life. You throw me in the middle of the ocean, I'm going to swim until I can't. And so we'll, we'll do whatever it takes to... Um, to live. And so I think in the faith, that's a much harder proposition to die to self, to understand Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. And a cross necessarily means death, right? Mm-hmm. It's, and so, but it's it, the, the, the other side of that, the other side of the cross is, is a greater life. It's an abundant life. Yeah. I love that. Now um, I want to wrap it up with this. So maybe someone's saying, okay, I am there. I have been having lots of questions and, 
wandering and how do I get out? And um, I love another quote. You said, if you're wandering in a spiritual desert, the way is the way out. And going back to, you know, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So let's just talk about the way and and Jesus and, um, you know, how the steps can draw us out of this wandering and closer to Him. So think about your faith in terms of two, you know, we, we hear, we learn um, early in life that the shortest point between or the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, right? Yeah. So for the wanderer, we don't take the shortest route. We are meandering all over the place in our faith. So what I would tell that person who's struggling right now or the person who's walking this out with someone they love is first to give yourself or that person a lot of grace and a lot of space to get to where they need to be on their own. Um, it's incumbent on us to point them to Jesus and to live it. You, you talk about that and um, walk it out, mm-hmm. gosh, you know, to live your faith. And that doesn't mean preach it necessarily. It means to love well. And I think loving well, um, either for ourselves or for that person who's wandering, um, is is to allow an atmosphere that invites question to yeah. receive that as part of God's plan, either for yourself or for that person, that God can use doubt to do something big, to, to strengthen a faith, um, to, to draw the person back into relationship with him or into a closer relationship um, with him. God is using everything in our lives to accomplish his will and to work on behalf of our good. And so grace is the first place to have the space to walk it out. And I think we find encouragement from the places we've seen God, you know, those stones of remembrance in our past where we've seen him show up and we might not be feeling it right now. Our faith, right. yeah. our feelings are, are wonderful. God gave them to us, but they can be liars. And so we need to remember where God was good, where we saw evidences of his goodness and, 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 and hold fast to those things. Um, I think it's important to talk to someone. I'm so glad that someone who's listening right now might be hearing our conversation, but I think it's really helpful to walk it out by talking it out with someone because they'll get to, you know, it needs to be a trusted someone. We don't give this to just anyone because it's a tender part of us. It is a very fragile part. And, and we, but, but I know I didn't have that person. I had it from a distance and God was kind to me and giving me himself. And I believe that can happen for anyone who's listening, listening, but I also wish that someone would have recognized this in me that could have maybe detected it in me and been brave enough to say, Hey, I want to give you the the space to be you to talk it yeah. out, to tell me the truth of your heart. Because again, as, as we mentioned a, a little while ago, we aren't fooling God. We might be fooling some of the people around us. But if we get down to the you know heart of where we are, we, we know where we are. We know we're in that dark place. And it's good. See your questions as good things. Keep asking the hard questions. Be a critical thinker. You know, let that be what keeps you tethered to this great God who is our father. You know, our questions can be our rope. It can be the lifeline back to God. And I love how you said, like, if someone is asking those questions and bringing it to you, it's a good thing because they are involving you in the process and they're wanting you 
to um, help them. And I, one of our daughters, she's always, and it seems like right around 11 p.m. <laughs> it's like, oh well, how do you know that blah, blah, blah? And what do you think? And why would God say this in the Bible? And my husband, bless his soul, is so much better than me. I'm like, I'm tired. And I'll talk for like five minutes and fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> but my husband will, you know, stay up for an hour and just talk about wow. those things with her. But wow. that just encouraged me so much because I'm like, oh, man, this is so hard for her. You know, and we've, you know, she's only lived with us for five years. So a lot of experience before she came here. But that really encouraged me today, Robin, that you're saying like the fact that she's asking questions is actually a really good thing. Um, Our our tendencies as moms, wives, friends, sisters, daughters, whatever can be very defensive. It could be a defensive Mm -hmm. posture or like panic. Panic sets in if you are, if you're walking this out with someone you love, panic can set in like, oh my gosh, what now? And so, and I think God works in our panic. I think he can, he can be doing a work of trust in our lives, you know, at the same time he's doing a work of belief in the others. But the thing, uh, one thing that um, I would have to say over and over again is that we can take heart that where we are today, and I can say that both in this world sense that we find this climate, we find ourselves in, you know, we're talking right in the height of, of uh, COVID right now. So I'm not sure when this will air, but that's, that's our lives right now. But yeah. Even in our spiritual walk, when we are in that dark place, is where you are today is not where you're going to be forever. Mm-hmm. And so, if we can hold on to that, that you know, this it feels like forever when you're in it. It feels like you can't see beyond the next breath sometimes, or the next day, or the next hour. But it, we are moving forward. It might be in in um, in just tiny little baby steps, but progress is being made and. If, you know, for the wanderer, it is eventually you will be closer to God. I believe that, you know, I'm standing in the gap for all of us out there. I love that. Oh, oh, so the book is again, for all who wander, Robin dance. And um, where can people go to find more information about you and the book, Robin? So I would love for people to visit me at robindance.me. That's my website, but that's also how you find me on Instagram. And uh, you can find a lot of information about the book at forallwhowanderbook.com. Well, thank you, Robin, so much for being here. Um, you're just a blessing to me. And I know you can, you're a blessing to the listeners too. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was really a great way to spend a little bit of time. So thank you. Friends, I am so thankful for Robin today and just sharing her heart and just being so honest about her wandering. I think it helps so much when we hear someone share the truth of where they've been and how God has been with them, then we can abandon our guilt and shame attached to our questions and doubts. And I think all of us have been there. I think there has to be the time where we have those questions that we could then come out of that season and be even stronger in our faith. And I think so many times we see Christian musicians and celebrities saying, I don't even believe in God right now. Um, and I, I have hope in that, that they're, they're, they're still wandering, but they're still also turning to God and they are seeking Him and they are um, allowing people into their lives. Because if they're willing to put that out there, um, you know, then then there's the opportunity for others to come around and have those hard conversations, which I think so many times we get so discouraged, especially with someone we love, if they're wandering or asking questions. But um, again, I loved what Robin said, that if they're asking questions, 
it is a good place to be because they're inviting us into the conversation. So I pray that today Robin's um, just her story will help you reframe your view of your difficulties and your disappointments and your questions, and that you'll see that God will redeem those and will transform them for his good. Um, and I pray that that because of Robin's sharing her story, that you will be strengthened in your faith or have hope and courage um, to pray for someone else who may be going through a wandering season right now. So I'm so thankful that she was here and was able to share all that today. So the walk it out verse of the day is the one um, that I mentioned, John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Jesus is the way. And I love that, that when we are wandering, when we look to him, we will see the way. We will see the way to truth and hope and life and abundant life and peace and joy and all those things that he is the way. So maybe if your your vision is downcast and you're focused on the problems, um, just look to Jesus. And for me, what that looked like was this morning as I'm it seems every day <laughs> there's always a child when you have 10 kids well 12 including our bonus kids when you have 12 kids there's usually someone with some type of struggle every day and even today as i was praying for a couple of my kids actually and different issues completely different issues um with them i just was reminded that jesus says if anyone needs wisdom to turn to him and ask for it and so if we need answers if we need wisdom we can turn to him and ask him and he is gracious to give us the wisdom we need he is the way he is the truth he is the life um and so that is my encouragement so let me just pray for you dear lord i just pray for my listener now and even if 80 percent of uh life is going well which I don't even know right now if 80% of anyone's life is going well, but that that smaller percent or even maybe the bigger percent of the questions and the burdens is so heavy, Lord. And I pray that um, you will just help us, that you will, if, you know, if whoever is maybe in a wandering season, in a questioning season, in a, just a, maybe it's not even spiritually wandering in question, but just knowing all the questions in life right now about school choices and church attendance and spending time with family and vacations and uh, work and anything with the future. There's so many questions. I pray, Lord, that today we will look to you um, and we will look to you for hope and help and answers and know that you have compassion, that you are not upset when we have questions or when we cry. Um, I love how it talks about you collect our tears in a bottle and you are there with compassion. I thank you so much for Robin and what you've done in her life. I thank you that her dark season, um, that you showed yourself to her. I thank you for that vision uh, that you are holding on. And I pray that others may have that to hold on to your hand, even when they are releasing their grass and they feel like giving up your hand is there clean um, and strong. So I pray for Robin and her ministry in this book. Continue to use it and continue to bless her and her family, Lord. Um, And for every listener now, Lord, I pray that um, they will just remember parts of this conversation and maybe it'll stir in their hearts or maybe they need to speak it to someone else, Lord. But um, I thank you for every listener today. Well, friend, thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out. I'm so encouraged that you do. It really means a lot to me. Um, 
if you enjoy this, share it with a friend. Maybe you have someone who is wandering and wondering, or you can even post a link to Facebook. If you go to walkitoutpodcast.com, it'll have all my podcasts there. You click on a specific one, take that link, that web address, post it in Facebook. It'll pull it up. We don't have a little graphic there. And maybe there's someone you don't even know who is wondering and wandering and has a lot of questions that can be encouraged by Robin's words. So be sure to share it with a friend. But mostly, I'm just so thankful for you and thank you full for um, just how you support me and my podcast. So I pray that you will be blessed and I pray that God will be with you in a special way today. Thanks, friend. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.